Good evening, Night Shift, top secret information show with political commentator, comedian, influencer, Anthony Ramonde, and myself, a former police officer, special operation veteran, where Anthony and I dive down the rabbit hole every week, just a little further, every week, to bring you all the latest conspiracy theories, top secret information, paranormal experiences, all of the things that keep you awake at night. Tonight, we have a very, very special guest, and we're going to be talking all about government-sponsored censorship when it comes to social media, mainstream media, and the news, and everything like that. And so to break this down, I'd like to first introduce to you Anthony Ramonde and future senator, constitutional litigator, Jonathan Emord. Good evening, sir. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello. Good evening. Tonight's show is brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash ant. That is A-N-T for Anthony, conservative ants. So Ghostbed has got 50% off right now through the holidays. It sleeps so good, it's scary. Head over to ghostbed.com forward slash ant and get you a bed, get you the pillow, the cooling sheets, 0% down, 0% financing. Um, and that's if you have, I don't know, what are we going to call out this week? And uh, that's if you have Crocodile Hunter credit. Uh, there's a little foreshadowing to a future show that we've got coming up very soon. But if you want an amazing bed at an amazing price, please have it at ghostbed.com forward slash A-N-T. And also we have Factor Meals forward slash Wolfpack 5-0. Factor Meals meal planning. These are uh, fresh, never frozen meals prepared to you. Uh, prepared for you by chefs, delivered right to your door, not frozen. Uh, have you had the Factor meals yet, Anthony? I I get them every week. Yes, I love Factor. Big fan of them, right? Do you what do you do? The calorie conscious, the protein heavy. Which ones do you do? Yeah, so they're all under five hundred. Um, we get them every week because it's super easy to just pop in the microwave, not have to think about it. I love it. I, I dropped ten pounds just eating those, um, and I'm I'm satisfied at the end. So I would. Recommend it to everybody. Actually, I love the smoothies too. So if anybody's oh, dude, the smoothies are the best. Love them, really great. Uh, all right. So without further ado, we've got uh, we've had Jonathan Emord on the Failure to Stop podcast, the C minus Media Network. He's making his rounds across the network on other shows that we have on the channel. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Please go back to Failure to Stop and listen in to those shows. Um, I think we really got into some FDA stuff, um, some FCC stuff with them, uh, all very interesting things. But tonight, and what a perfect timing uh, than now to talk to him about the U.S. military potentially kind of deploying uh, a censorship, social media censorship on American citizens. And being that Jonathan Emord, not starting out as a politician, he's just getting into politics, but he has been fighting the federal government for uh, deregulating the FCC, going after the FDA uh, to get uh, different bills passed to allow people to use experimental procedures and, and trials and things like that. And so, uh, but tonight, there's just been a lot going on, especially in the last week, uh, Mr. E. Mord. You're running from Senate. You're running for the Senate out of the state of Virginia. Already we noticed, and I think I talked to your staff about this, uh, and I showed them numbers. I think it is very strange that in the uh, four years that I've been podcasting, uh, I have never, ever, ever, ever in four years 
whether it been a spur of the moment show or a well-planned show that's been advertised, I've never had as little engagement as I've had the last two weeks that you're on, even though you've been one of the most interesting guests that I've ever actually interviewed. Your audio is great. Your video is great. The content that you put out is fantastic. However, across the C-minus media, we were down at one show, 60 3%. We were down in audio and video numbers in the live chat for the first time in four years. And the only thing that my staff and the team, we looked at the title, we looked at everything. The only thing that we know that we could, that the only thing that it could be is that you are running against a Democrat who's backed by George Soros, who the YouTubes want to censor you specifically. It's not us because I had you on uh, the Failure to Stop Friday show. We literally went live four or five hours later on a random show that was not planned, that was not prepared. Our audience didn't know that it was going to happen. We just did one for some kind of like breaking news that wasn't all that great on a Friday night at 9 p.m. And we still had 60% more uh, engagement and viewership than when we had you on our pre-planned show that had been advertised. So it's definitely apparent and obvious that you specifically are being censored as a politician. How does that make you feel? Or do you not believe me? No, I believe you. Uh, the Robert Scott Bell show experienced the same uh, censorship um, for programs that I was on. Uh, and it's just a clear example of the extent to which the government is engaged in an effort to keep conservative voices and conservative politicians' voices out of the media and not heard by the American public. So your show, I mean, we saw the the effects on YouTube where we had within an hour or two of the broadcast, 7,000 people coming to the site, and then all of a sudden uh, everything stops and then it dissipates. So it's shadow banning. It's uh, they're they're clearly working to try to keep us off the air, effectively by keeping people away from us. Anthony, uh, you've experienced shadow banning in many shapes and forms, doing all the political commentary and the influencer stuff. You were at one point up to one million on TikTok before they completely squashed it. I have always said that going into the election cycle, this is going to be worse than it's ever been. I'm going to play you guys some audio here in just a, a, a few minutes, but I wanted to hear from you first. And um, how do you how do you see going into this election cycle, your social media going right now? Yeah, look, you have, you know, you have this administration that has a hold on Gen Z and the younger generation right now. And any type of information that they can push out that is liberal based or positive for for the biden administration considering the fact he's actually doing really really horrible um they're gonna push that content out and there's red flag words that you know ai will actually pick up on these apps like instagram TikTok, and meta where if you literally say anything negative towards the left they've already shadow banned you um as somebody with a name of conservative ant automatically is a red flag word for them because it's conservative but i've noticed that if i have any type of engagement that has to do with pro-trump or uh pro-right 
it will get shadow banned, but if it's just a comedic skit, it will be pushed a little further along. So it's definitely happening. It's been happening since Trump got in. And I, and I think that people need to realize that this is a whole different war that we're, we're fighting right now. This is a cyber, this is cyber war. This is censorship. Um, this is propaganda. Um, and to anybody that's on the right, which I know a lot of our followers are probably center or right, Fox News is just as bad as CNN, is just as bad as MSNBC, is just as bad as all of them. So they are trying to push out a certain narrative for sure. We did a fantastic show at the beginning uh, at the beginning of you and I's stent doing Night Shift TSI at the beginning of our diving down the rabbit hole where you and I explored the six media companies that, that run media when it used to be 56 major companies that ran them. And I think it was like Viacom, AT&T, and, and the, uh, I can't remember what the other four were that run all the news. And we actually had pieced together all the news from across the United States and it was exactly the same. Um, before we dive into this and, uh, and talk to a real expert here, John, Jonathan Emord, who's been fighting the FCC and deregulating radio since the Reagan administration. I want to play this audio clip really quick from Schellenberger this week. This is literally just came out, I would say, in the last two days. Not even sure if you gentlemen have heard it yet. I'm going to play it for you, and then I'd like us to talk about it. So here we go. Nine months ago, I testified and provided evidence to the subcommittee about the existence of a censorship industrial complex a network of government agencies, including the Department of Homeland Security, government contractors, and big tech media platforms that conspired to censor ordinary Americans and elected officials alike for holding disfavored views. I regret to inform the subcommittee today that the scope, power, and lawbreaking of the censorship industrial complex are even worse than we had realized back in March. Two days ago, my colleagues and I published the first batch of internal files from the Cyber Threat Intelligence League, which show U.S. and U.K. military contractors working in 2019 and 2020 to both censor and turn sophisticated psychological operations and disinformation tactics developed abroad against the American people. So, and and as you go in, as, as Schellenberger would continue on that, um, that it talked about that it was not about military uh, targets or uh, keep, you know, uh, loose lips sink ships. It was nothing like that. It was that these non-government agencies and these uh, contractors were used to silence the American people um, in regards to, obviously, we have the Twitter files that we're all aware of. Um, what is your thoughts on that? So in, you know, in American history, all the way back to 1798, we've had censorship. In 1798, we had the Alien Sedition Acts, and under the Alien Sedition Acts, I believe it was 14 Republican editors were incarcerated. That was deemed unconstitutional by the court, although they never passed upon it. And, and it has also been uh, the subject of the Kentucky Resolutions and the Virginia Resolutions in which Madison and Jefferson waxed eloquent on the reasons why the First Amendment has to check government abuse of power and why censorship in the form of seditious libel laws or their like are unconstitutional under the First Amendment. Having said that, the greatest era of censorship is right now. We have never had that degree of censorship, not in wartime, not even in World War II and World War I when there were 
boards to review the media uh, and to determine whether or not uh, things would be allowed based on uh, propaganda and, and inserting propaganda into the media. That, uh, that process, which has occurred over and over again in American history, censorship of war dissidents, which occurred, uh, is nothing like today. We have from the Twitter files, we know that the White House, the uh, Cyber Security and Infrastructure Security Agency uh, established by the White House um, and the Department of Defense have colluded and the FBI have colluded with big tech variously to censor information about criticisms of uh, the COVID vaccine, about uh, the Hunter laptop, Hunter Biden's laptop, and the uh, uh, influence peddling scheme that they, the Biden administration, uh, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Jim Biden, other Biden family members, and others engaged in, uh, and um, the whole extent to which criticism, uh, conservative criticism, uh, whenever deemed, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, something that may have an effect on the Biden administration is ordinarily censored as well. So this is a is, this is the broadest, most extensive censorship, and it's done through complicity by the by big tech, and it has been in furtherance of Democrat politics, and most particularly Joe Biden. We've never seen anything like this. Uh, it occurred first, I think, in the Obama administration, and I think it has grown since then, and now it is a massive regime. Recognize it's not only just the it's not only the public, which is bad enough, with probably hundreds, if not thousands, of uh, broadcast journalists and others um, being being censored in one way or another, or experiencing uh, shadow banning or other uh, uh, doxing. Uh, all of this as part of an effort to basically rid society of views of this sort. This happens on college campuses. College campuses are largely intolerant of conservative views these days. And it also happens within the military where they've redefined uh, insubordination and punishable offenses related to speech to categorize simple statements of allegiance to the country made by often made by conservatives uh, to be forbidden and to result in the drumming out of the military of several people who've been in the military. This speech policing in cyberspace by the government is antithetical to the core values of the First Amendment. It threatens our freedom fundamentally. It denies us access to information. It uh, leaves us in, with false impressions, like for example, that the COVID vaccine is safe and effective, which is just a propaganda uh, statement by the government, but there's no opposition allowed to it. Uh, or that, uh, for example, the vaccine is safe for kids, which is false, or that the vaccine, uh, vaccinated individuals do not get COVID, which is false, or that wearing masks is effective in stopping COVID, which is false, or that if you have been vaccinated, you can't carry COVID, which is false. I mean, over and over and over again, whether it's COVID or the Biden laptop, that it's Russian disinformation totally false. It was legitimate. It was even admitted to be legitimate by Hunter Biden. It was admitted even by the mainstream press to be legitimate, although very late in the game after the election. 
Right. And then now all of a sudden they're going to bring up that it that there's no proof that it's not Russian dissolution. Prove to us that it's not. I think that I thought that was uh, really uh, funny to hear that on the floor this week. Um, but going back for you, sir, how, how would it for you? And this is something dangerous. RFK Jr., you know, he's been silenced completely. You you can't hear him on YouTube. They're not putting him on CNN. They're not putting him on Fox News. Not that maybe I would vote for him or not. I don't know. But the fact that we don't get to hear him um, speak, we don't really get to hear him debate. We we it, now it's happening to you. Um, and and you're you're running on the Republican side versus a. a, a, a uh, Soros ba- uh, fund backed a uh, Soros backed candidate uh, Tim Kaine, and uh, but we can't hear your voice. Is that how is that fair to you? You're you're already fighting an uphill battle, but now we don't get to hear even your voice because if you don't think that Tim Kaine is getting sixty percent more boost in the algorithm, and you're getting sixty percent less of just the average of the algorithm, he's leaps. That's almost like a hundred percent more reach than you have. Does that make sense? He's getting 300 views per minute. You're going to get 20 views per minute. Right. It's an outrageous act of censorship and given sufficient proof, I would certainly sue whoever was responsible, which is something that needs to be done to vindicate the first amendment. Um, And this is being done by others Uh, in relationship to the censorship that the Biden administration is engaged in that hurt, for example, the critics of the vaccine. There are suits in the federal system related to this. The real problem is that uh, this is the the telltale sign of a totalitarian government. This is the telltale sign of a government that is going to use every means possible to annihilate the competition because it does not want competition to its views. It does not want what our our foundational principles are based on, which is that there be a wide open, robust debate on issues and that individuals be allowed to express themselves. You don't have a right of access to the media, but once a a media platform elects to communicate your information, uh, the government is supposed to have no role to play in this. We've also seen the transformation of the national media, large scale media, large corporate enterprises, which have become uh, means by which uh, the checking value of the First Amendment, which was deemed indispensable by our founding fathers, has been destroyed. What do I mean by that? Well, the founding fathers understood the First Amendment in the terms that were spoken by radical Whigs, the radical Whig opposition to the Hanoverian kings, the Georges. And what that was, was this. In England, If you dared speak against the king, that was seditious libel. You would be arrested, prosecuted, thrown in the Tower of London. And and uh, and they resented that. And the radical Whigs who were in opposition to the government argued for a free press. And they argued that a free press was necessary to check the abuses of government, to check the abuses of those in power. So here you have a complete moron, Joe Biden who has the chemical electronic activity of a plant in his brain. And and that man is being insulated from the kind of criticism that we ordinarily saw just 20, 30 years ago for presidents with active brain function. I mean, you had uh, Richard Nixon, who was excoriated by the media, 
you had Donald Trump being excoriated by the media. Of course, Donald Trump didn't try to avoid the media. He embraced the media and talked to him every day. Uh, but here you have a man who hides from the media and the media protects him. He hides from the media. He criticizes the media and the media kowtows to him. You have a guy who is has never been asked a, a an extensive set of questions by anyone since he began his race for president. He's never been grilled like Richard Nixon was grilled. There's no Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein for Joe Biden. And it's outrageous because when you consider the corruption of the administration, I mean, this is a man who's made hundreds of millions of dollars off of influence peddling. We know that money has come from Russian oligarchs, from Chinese-owned en entities that are, that are dominated by CCP members, and from others who are enemies of the United States into a joint account with, with Hunter Biden and uh, Jim Biden sometimes and Joe Biden, where he has actually expended money from those accounts on his uh, mortgages and other expenditures. And that violates the Constitution's Foreign Emoluments Clause. And it also is variously impeachable on other grounds, too, not least of which is bribery. Mm. So you've got a corrupt compromised president protected by the media when the media's function is supposed to be criticism, checking value, digging in, investigative journalism. All that's largely dead in America today. So with, with that being said, I wanted to ask you about pallet management and if you've heard of pallet management and how influential it is because all of that has died in the media how influential it is for social media influencers to kind of do the dirty work for joe biden in this administration with that being said have you heard of pallet management by chance no pallet management has uh been set up by this administration to pay content creators on behalf of joe biden and his administration to peddle information for him via TikTok, Instagram, and Meta. And that's when you see these liberal big TikTokers at the White House and showing their breasts and doing all this activism stuff. They're actually paying them. And then they're in cahoots with these platforms to blue check, verify them, push their content further on FYP pages. So how do you battle that? Well, uh, first of all, the First Amendment of the Constitution stands against any form of censorship, direct or indirect, whether it's by the president himself ordering it or when it's done through proxies like the individuals you're talking about engaging in that. They have a right to free speech. They have a right to communicate their views, but they don't have a right to engage in censorship. And the administration uh, is manipulating, obviously, the content of communication by a twofold strategy. What you're talking about as well as direct censorship through these proxies, these agents. And um, the First Amendment is bold in that it prevents government from exercising any power to deny you freedom of speech and press. And it, it has the effect of really, when it's enforced, stopping all of this because on the one hand, the administration is attempting to crowd out voices, that's a form of censorship, to crowd out voices with the 
expenditure in support of the things you're talking about. And on the other hand, they're engaged in the heavy handed business of shutting people up by getting the platforms to revoke their essential ability to, to proceed. So this is manipulation of the media and violation of the First Amendment, and they need to be smacked pretty hard by court orders. But in addition, this is grounds for kicking them out, of course. We need to get this out of government. This is rank corruption that is trying to create a perpetual uh, Democrat government in which we have no rights, where you know they try to destroy the election process, they try to destroy free speech and free pass press on college campuses and in the media at large. They try to use bribery at every turn. These are corrupt people, and we have got to get them out of government. If they respected the Constitution, of course, they would never do these sorts of things. It's only because they are des designedly working to destroy the Constitution, our rights, and gain greater control over us, even mind control, that they do these things. We have a question from the chats that said uh, somebody wanted to know, and I have to go back to the time, why this is from Luis 420 or Lewis 420. Maybe pronouncing that wrong. C minus student at best over here, Louise or Louise. Why don't the Republicans demand a change? Yes. Well, um, I happen to be a Republican and I'm demanding change. Uh, I don't know about, I can't speak for everyone, but I can speak for myself. And I can also speak to some extent uh, that Rand Paul has introduced legislation designed to make it a federal felony for anyone in government to collude with the media, big tech, uh, to cause censorship. He would make that a federal felony. People would go to jail. Uh, and um, that was killed by Bernie Sanders in committee. So here it is. I mean, you wouldn't think that that would be objectionable, right? There's somebody's trying to cause censorship of private individuals and they're in the government, that that should be made a crime. And yet Bernie Sanders, telling, isn't it? Bernie Sanders killed it in committee for the Democrat leadership. They don't want to lose control. They don't want to stop exercising censorship. They want to not only continue it, but increase it because the end in view is no longer to debate the Republicans. It's to shut them up. You, you had a bill. It took 25 years to finally get signed. It was one of the most fantastic stories I've heard on a podcast that I've been a part of. Um, and that was the story of Zachary that you told on Friday at the end of the Friday show. We put a uh, we put a clip of that up on the Failure to Stop YouTube channel. Um, what is you fought the FCC before? Again, I'd like to the people watching right now to understand that that you are new to politics, but you have been a constitutional litigator since the Reagan administration, and literally your whole life has been spent fighting the government deregulation, uh, especially with the the FCC. Uh, is that something that you're going to make a priority going forward in your in your political career as you're as you're getting into politics? Is this something that you're going to try to to combat? Is is more First Amendment freedom of speech? Is is like is that the hill that you want to die on, or or what is what is it the hill that you're you're you would die on? Is it? Well, I don't want to die on any hill, but I do <laughs> want to uh, mount that hill, and I want to get to the point where I can. Uh, play an a indispensable role in saving our country, uh, saving our constitution, saving our republic. 
And when it comes to the First Amendment, yes, it's absolutely indispensable to our uh, survival as a nation, as a free people. We cannot have this censorship. We can't have the effective seditious libel laws that are functioning. When government can just ban you from the media because of your views, you're no longer a free person. You're not free at all because government can then control everything you do. And uh, if they can control your speech, if they can control your tongue, there's virtually nothing else that they can't control. And in fact, that language, by the way, is really very similar to the language used in the 1720s by Thomas Gordon and John Trenchard, who wrote in Cato's letters in the London Gazette from 1720 to 1723, 144 letters on liberty, several of which concern freedom of speech and press. This is what influenced the founding fathers. They didn't want a government that controlled every aspect of our lives. I want to see the founders republic restored in America. I want us to be a free people. I want us to have free enterprise. I want us to have wealth and prosperity based on our merit and hard work. I want us to be a nation that is the greatest in the world in defense of liberty and shows its greatness through various means, not least of which is the prosperity of its people. So to do that, you've got to get the Constitution to be alive again. We have a Constitution in exile right now. We have aspects, every aspect of the Constitution that limits government power is in exile, is held out by the government and not honored. And when it comes to your specific point, you know, I, I wrote a bill for Ron Paul that he introduced into Congress called the Congressional Responsibility and Accountability Act. And that act, updated to, for modern times, I will reintroduce. And what will it do? It'll make every regulation of an agency have no force or effect in law unless passed into law by Congress. And why would I do that? Why would I neuter the administrative state in that simple a profound way, because that's what the Constitution requires. And that's what gives us power as people, as citizens, because the Constitution in Article 1, Section 1 says that only Congress can make the law. But you know what? Three quarters of all federal law today is not made by Congress. It's made by the unelected heads of over 250 agencies, bureaus, and departments of the government, unelected heads of those things. We have in this country a bureaucratic oligarchy ruling. We do not have a constitutional republic as the founding fathers designed it. So we've got to get back to that structure. And you know what? This whole, for example, look how, look how gross the violations are. The budget process, our massive $33 trillion debt, $2 trillion in expenditures over what we bring in every year now, thanks to things that that Tim Kaine has voted for, trillion plus spending bills, massive climate change agenda that destroys the fossil fuel industry. Well, you know what? That's unconstitutional. Why? Because the constitution requires a budget process and they have since 1999 refused to do it, passing continuing resolutions year after year after year after year with no accountability. So it's not only the administrative state that's screwing us over, it's Congress that's screwing us over by not performing its constitutional duties. And it's the president screwing us over, this president, because he rules by executive order. He's supposed to go to Congress and ask Congress to create the law. Instead, he goes to the administrative agencies and he tells them to, to issue a regulation. 
There's no, we have no role in that. That's dictatorship. Do you think that after everything we've seen in that January 6th and how people and journalists that weren't even at January 6th, if they covered it, some of them were affected by taking away things like their bank accounts, their their social media accounts, so on and so forth. How long do you think social media content creators and podcasters have on the on the right before Joe Biden comes for them? Or do you think they have if we have another Biden administration, if he's reelected, then you're talking about no holes barred because you're talking about, OK, yeah, he's a plant. But those that use him, he's a puppet. They prop, they prop him up and they do what they want through him. All right. When they have a person who's not going to be reelected and doesn't have to eat, have any answer to the public, he's already done. He's got his two second term now. He will do everything for them. And that means, yes, conservative podcasts, conservative commentary, sure enough, You've seen the censorship already. It's going to get much worse. We have to get constitutional advocates in Congress, like me, to fight to restore the Constitution and to cut out the deep state, to get rid of the administrative state by and large, and to restore the Constitution to its full force and protection of our rights. We need people who are going there who want to protect our rights, not get themselves more power to enable them to steal our rights. And that's part of the process of power. Power is absolutely a corrupt force. The founding fathers knew it. They intended our government not to be a monstrosity like it is, but to be limited in its powers to, and, to be, and to exercise only the powers delegated in the Constitution. Now look, the, Cong the, the federal government does all sorts of things that were never intended by the Constitution, not least of which is run education in this country. There's no intention to have a Department of Education. There's no Department of Commerce under the Constitution. There's no Department of Energy under the Constitution. All these things are power grabs and many more too. And the administrative state is itself inherently unconstitutional because it violates the separation of powers. It has legislative, executive, and judicial power meant to be in the branches of, of the Constitution executive, judicial, and legislative branches, and has removed it from there and put it in independent agencies unanswerable to the people. And that means when you combine those three things, you know, James Madison said in the Federalist Papers, a combination of any two of the three powers, legislative, executive, and judicial, is the very definition of tyranny. Because if you've got someone who's totally unconstrained in their exercise of power, and they're unanswerable to the people, well, you got tyranny, and that's why businesses all over the country are tyrannized by things like the EPA, the FTC, uh, the DEA, uh, you know, and over and over an ATF, for example, over and over and over and over and over again. And I have distillery, and uh, I have everybody. I have uh, agricultural. 
I have the Tax and Trade Bureau. I have the ABC. I have the ALE. I have to pay to all of these folks. I have inspections for everything. I pay taxes. I think I'm like 38% or 39% taxes here in the state of North Carolina. It's I, I, I worked for the government for 16 years of my life, but it wasn't until I stopped working for the government and owned my own company that I was like, Oh my! I, I I hung a flag outside of my my uh, distillery, a feather flag, uh, during during the the COVID thing, and I was making free hand sanitizer for everybody. And the town came after me for one hundred and fifty dollars. Like, oh, you didn't have approval to hang up a feather flag. You know what you see in front of the pizza joints all the time. I said one hundred and fifty dollars during COVID, during COVID to put a to put a flag out. It's it's insane how much the government just wants to take from you all the time at well, every end. I mean, we need to understand, yes, you're overtaxed in the sense that you, you pay taxation at that level. But you know what else? You're overtaxed by regulation, too. Regulation is a tax. It's a tax on your freedom, and it actually costs you money. And it impairs your ability to compete. And so here we have an economy that's sluggish, that's barely moving. We have a GDP that's not growing. We've got all these young kids that need opportunities that don't have them. We've got an economy that over time, if we keep going at the rate we're going with inflation like mad in the grocery store and at the gas pump, you've got already people who are on fixed incomes, low income people, and, and people who are just trying to get into the marketplace, not being able to make it because of the costs. I mean, you got about $8,000 per person in additional expenditures they have to make since the start of the Biden administration. Uh, they have to make annually. And, you know, when you talk about a whole family, you're talking about a massive amount of extra expenditure that they have to make. That's a tax. That's a tax. Every time you have to pay for inflation, it's a tax. Every time you have to pay the federal government, it's a tax. And this administration wants more taxation. So, look. Taxation is a tax on your freedom. Just think of it that way. If you had your own money, think of what you would choose to do with it. And you don't have that money. I mean, how many people are maxed out on their credit cards? How many people no longer have savings? How many people didn't have savings to begin with and now will never have any chance of having savings? How many people are, uh, they have 401k plans and they're now tanking so badly that they, the, the wealth they plan to retire on is virtually gone? This is all a result of government pillaging us through overtaxation, overregulation, destruction of our freedoms. And if you want to be a free person in this country, you got to rise up against this because they'll take everything from you. Look, they're trying to do that with the open borders. Do you realize the cost of the open border situation? I mean, nobody's talking about this. It's not hundreds of billions like the Biden administration says. It's upwards of a trillion or more dollars a year. Why do I say that? Look, every single person coming across the border who's seeking asylum, every single one of them is processed within 72 hours. What does that mean? They're all given welfare. They sign up for welfare, sign up for food stamps. They get access to free medical care, access to free health care. What is it free? No, we're paying for it. Taxpayers are paying for it. Citizens are paying for every illegal alien. They give them cash when they process them. They give them a phone that can be used forever at the taxpayer's expense, supposedly to track them. They've got a little tracking device in it. All you do is pop open the phone, take the tracker out, and they all do throw the tracker out. 
The government knows that they do that. Government does this administration doesn't do anything because they're complicit in it. And when you consider all that that I just said, for every single one of them, you're talking about a huge amount of money, maybe as much as $100,000 a person a year. And you're talking about probably 20 to 30 million illegal aliens in the United States getting those benefits. That adds up pretty fast. And, and you're looking at dollars that we're paying for. Can you imagine? We're sinking ourselves in debt to pay welfare to the world, telling everybody, come here, we'll give you welfare. It's John insane. in the live chats uh, brings up a good point. By the way, John is one of our producers. He's also the host on our True Crime Tuesday shows and now our new sports shows on Thursday on the Fire Stop podcast channel. But John says uh, in the live chats, government creates no wealth. They just take it from you and give it to people who don't respect the law enough to come here legally. We have to call them undocumented immigrants now. <laughs> So he said he wanted to thank you personally for saying illegal aliens. Uh, you were down at the border recently. And what was your experience like while you were there? This is appalling. I mean, I was with the CBP chief in the in the San Diego sector. There's a 50-mile stretch of border that he took me, drove me along. We didn't see a single border patrol agent except one in a truck who had a sidearm, and that's it. And that man's policing the whole border. I asked him, why aren't they out here? I went to all these areas where the gangs had done things. Uh, and he said, they're not out here because they're all in human process. They've all been reassigned. So there's no protection. We are defenseless against anyone coming across. Along that border, I saw a bunch of stuff that was just outrageous. For example, I saw an area where there are these huge tunnels, and I've got this on YouTube. For some reason, they haven't taken that down. Thank you, YouTube. These huge tunnels, and they have they, the, the CBP would put grates on them. And then the gangs come through with diamond cutters almost you know, every month and cut out those, those grates. And then the gangs just come through at night, uh, through into the United States with no obstruction whatsoever. CBP knows it's happening, but Biden won't let him have the CBP agents on the border or even at that site. So there's no one there all the time. As I was standing there and they're doing the video of it, there are all these, uh, 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 all this graffiti of the various gangs that are coming through. And these are not, you know, these are not your friendly neighborhood friends. These people are dead serious about slitting your throat. We're talking about MS-13, 18th Street Gang, Crips, Bloods, whole bunch of others, 18th Street Gang. And these people are coming in and they are coming in free of charge from the cartels because they pay the cartels and they get engaged in drug trafficking and sex trafficking. And they're coming in all the time and there's no restriction. And I asked uh, uh, the CBP chief, I said, why aren't you putting the grates on there every day? He said, no, we don't have a budget for that. And I said, well, they're, they're using diamond cutters. Why don't you just do something to stop uh, the, 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 the whole thing from happening? Why don't you fill it with something? Or I said, oh, no, this is where water flow comes through the United States and uh, Mexico. We got to have uh, agents up here and police it all the time in order for it to be effective. And he said, you know, you got the border wall here, but they get around the border wall. All they do is they take they take a rug and you got the barbed wire at the top and they make these makeshift ladders. They go up the whole wall, then they put a rug on the top, and then they just throw people over. 
Okay, throw them over. Now listen, they get they have drones. I'm talking about the cartels have drones, military style drones, massive things, and they also have little ones. And these things are making incursions into American airspace all the time in Texas and in the San Diego sector. San Diego sector, they come across as they do in Texas. They drop drugs. They drop fentanyl-laced heroin, fentanyl-laced cocaine. They drop fentanyl all across, all over the border. They do this day and night, and there's no CPB adequate to stop it. And even though they're making the incursions through airspace, we don't have the American military going in and blowing up these drones. He just lets it roll, and it all drops in there. Biden's letting it roll. It all drops in there, and I'll tell you what. They have so many drugs up there that they can't keep up with it, of course. But in addition, the mules that come across to protect the drugs that they've dropped start fires at night in the mountains. And they start forest fires in the dry season. And the forest fires come down into the towns and create fires and destroy property. And the CBP calls the local fire department because they have no fire. They have no independent means of stopping it. They call the local fire department. The fire department goes up and can only handle a small percentage of these fires because they're all over the place. That's how prolific the drug trafficking is. And not only that, get this. They ended the border wall, right? Biden stopped construction of the border wall. So all of the people coming into this country have to be vetted by the cartels. They're determining American immigration policy, terrorist cartels. And you got the, the border wall fence there. And there's this one sector in the San Diego sector, there's one part where it's open, both to the United States and Mexico, completely open. And the cartels are on the Mexican side. And they are vetting people and determining who can come through. Okay, people are paying, everybody who comes through who's not a, a cr criminal working for them is paying money, 15, 20,000, 30,000 bucks, believe it or not. They're paying the cartels or else they can't come across. And if a lot of them will come along and they'll get robbed or they'll they'll gamble the money away or whatever, and they won't have the money, the last bit of money that they have to have to come across. Well, the cartels then kill them to show the others what happens to you if you don't have the money. And a couple of them in this open area tried to run across and they're on the American soil. And the cartel sends out its goons and they have automatic weapons. And the CBP guys only have sidearms. And they won't let them have automatic weapons. And not only that, I'll tell you a story in a second. They come through and they shoot two of them on American soil with automatic weapons. They kill one of them and they maim the other one. And then the CBP takes the other one. They bring them to the hospital and they repair them and, and the guy survived barely. Then they, they, they notify the Mexican authorities. Mexican authorities look into it. And you know what? There were eight other bodies on the, on the Mexican side of people didn't pay. They had a great big vat filled with acid. They would take those bodies and throw them into the vat. They have a regular machine operating here like Nazi Germany, where they're just destroying human beings and eliminating the evidence by throwing it in vats of acid. All right. That's what Biden is promoting. That's what he's doing. This inhumanity, women being raped, children being raped, children being put into sex trafficking. This goes on day after day. Biden is doing nothing about it. Zero. In fact, he's encouraging it. These gang members that are in MS-13, 18th Street gangs, they are also coming across as asylum seekers. They say we seek asylum. When they go into these human processing centers, the CBP cannot call them out 
unless they're on the Interpol list or they're on the terrorism watch list. They can't, based on their tattoos and stuff, take them out. They instead are required to process them, give them welfare, give them food stamps, give them cash, give them free phones. And then also all these people get to go where they want in America. How does that happen? Because the Biden administration pays all this money to non-governmental organizations that hang out at the airport, the, the train station, and the bus station where they go. And the CBP buses, after 72 hours, truck everybody to different locations, depending on where they want to go in the United States. And then the NGOs pay with our money the tickets to send them wherever they want to go all over the United States. And so you got gang members being flown by us to the communities that they want to destroy. And you got gang members, you know, coming in. We're sending them to where they want to engage in sex trafficking. We're sending them where they want to go and kill people. We're sending them where they want to go in drug trafficking. We are paying for that. We're giving them welfare. That's what this administration is doing. That's what my buddy here, Tim Kaine, who I hope to replace, is condoning and allowing and encouraging by not standing up against this. It's going to bankrupt us. It is going to destroy suburbs and life in America. It is already creating a sex trafficking epidemic in the public schools. You've got gang members who are youth who are going in as students in the public schools so they can recruit vulnerable girls by what? They seduce them, then they rape them, then they threaten to kill their parents, their, their siblings, if they don't stay in sex trafficking rings, and then they abduct them, and then they're in, engaged in sex trafficking at real young ages. I represent two families. And those families, one of them is a 12-year-old girl who was sex trafficked in the Fairfax County Public Schools through a middle school in Herndon, Virginia, the Rachel Carson Middle School. She was 12 years old. I represent a 14-year-old girl who was sex trafficked out of the Fairfax uh, High School in Fairfax, Virginia. And they were sex trafficked through the school. And the schools have no discipline. And they are afraid to identify these uh, people who are in the gangs. They are afraid that they're going to be attacked as being racist. They're afraid that they're going to be subjected to penalties by their superiors. The superintendents of the schools don't want to be viewed as having a school with sex trafficking because that'll hurt their reelection chances. So they cover it up like Scott Ziegler did in the Loudoun County uh, Public Schools. He was a superintendent. So look, this is this is going on in America and it's going to get a lot worse. And a lot of these kids who are engaged in sex trafficking in the schools are illegal aliens who are members of gangs. Gangs profit more from sex trafficking than drug trafficking. They want to do a lot more of this in America. And, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody's oblivious to the fact that this is a, uh, a tens of billions of dollar international business that is horrific as can be. Yeah, there was uh, four times the amount of child sex crimes in the United States this year than there were hate crimes. 
So I always make the argument we don't have a hate crime problem in the United States. We have a child sex crime problem in the United States. But I love to see all of the new younger youths and, uh, you know, a lot of the cool guys that want to be tough guys. They wear like this little anti-Nazi symbol, the Nazi. When's the last time anybody's ever met a real Nazi? When's anybody ever met? When's the last time somebody's met a self-proclaimed Nazi? They don't exist. They're all hiding in their trailers somewhere in the middle of hillbilly nation and you're never going to find them but you know what you will run into every single day a gang member a verified gang member they're everywhere and by gangs i mean motorcycle gang members hell's angels mongols bloods crips ms 13s 18 streets you know all of these things why are we not so much more anti-gang any gang as we are anti you know we've made it to where these uh, uh, racist Nazis, if you will, we've pushed them so far out of society that you'll never meet one. I've been on this earth for 40 years. I've never met somebody that was like, yo, I'm uh, I'm a Nazi. I've never met one. But you know how many gang members I've met in my whole life between motorcycle gangs and uh, uh, street gangs? Oh, hundreds and hundreds. We should stop tolerating this as a society. Um, and I'm going to give you the floor for just a, a, another minute. I know we're about to wrap up here. Um, I, I'd like to personally ask, I, I don't know, but uh, you know, you've, you're meeting Mr. Emore for the very first time. This is my third time getting to meet with him. What is your opinion? And uh, does he have your endorsement? Would you vote for a guy like Jonathan Emore? Personally, I think this guy knows the Constitution better than anybody I've ever met in my whole yeah. life. That's for sure, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it, everything that you said, sir, I, you know, I've, I've, I've dived myself into a lot of this stuff, especially with the trafficking stuff. I've been wrapped in this. Uh, we've, we've basically been interviewing a lot of people that are involved in this. I think that TikTok is, is to blame for a lot of it. Meta, uh, these people are using these platforms to, uh, it's a new white van of the, uh, the internet is the new white van with the candy in it, right? I know we've heard that before, but it's like you have all these people that you've talked about um, also using, you know, the internet and infiltrating different organizations and groups uh, like, the LGBT community, different black organizations to use them uh, as a way to groom children and groom young America to think of this, you know, come up with this ideology. So you have my endorsement because I love everything that you said. It's exactly what I'm I'm trying to do on a daily basis. Here's my question. What do we do? Uh, you know, that's the, it's like, Yes, we can keep we can keep doing it. It's like uh, uh, I'm gonna keep putting out videos. Do we? We just don't stop. Like, what do we do? Because it's a helpless situation, right? You know, this is happening to kids. This is happening to young women, young men, right on your very block, it, probably down the street. So, but you don't know that because it's we're, we've been so infiltrated by by people from so many other countries. So. What do we do as Americans? We're frustrated. People are so frustrated. So what message do you have for the American people uh, moving forward? Well, we need specific solutions. And here are the solutions. For the border situation, there are three things that have to be done. We have to, of course, complete wall construction. But that's not enough. In addition, what we have to do 
is to, is to give block grants to the border states that will defend the borders so that they can hire adequate numbers of state police and National Guard to police the border. And then that's even not enough. The third thing we have to do is to make it absolutely illegal for anyone to step foot in the United States uh, seeking asylum. They should not be able to come into the United States and seek asylum. It should be absolutely illegal. They should have to go to their United States embassy in their country of origin or in an adjacent country, but not in the United States, and petition for the right to come here and be thoroughly vetted so that we can determine whether or not they're a person we want to come into this country. We need to interdict further the cartels. We need to act against them. They are terrorist organizations. We need to identify them as such. We need to tell Mexico we're going to act against them. We want Mexico to help us. But if Mexico won't, they better get out of the way because we are not going to allow them to kill us. Over 130,000 Americans died last year from fentanyl overdose. And that is going to continue. It's going to rise by 60% next year. We have got to stop it. So that's what that's one thing. Second thing we need to do is to end this ridiculous get rid of cash bail uh, system that's operating in the municipality. You've got to get cash bail back. It's actually a, a defense for our liberties. And then in, this, in, in addition, we have to get rid of all the Soros-backed anti-incarceration prosecutors. How do we do that? Well, this is a big criminal scheme that Soros is working in America. He is, he is engaged in what really is criminal RICO. Uh, and we've got to change the criminal RICO laws, tweak them a bit, and take action against Soros and this collusion with prosecutors in advance to cause them to refuse to fulfill their legal duties of office. In addition, we need to amend the Hobbs Act. What is that? That causes anyone who accepts money in a campaign for specifically introducing certain legislation to be prosecutable for bribery. And that needs to be applied against Soros because that's what they're doing. The entities that are underneath him and implementing his strategy for destruction of America. We have to also stop this whole movement uh, against the police. And this is another thing, another means. Why is this? This is a big picture, right? The big picture is you get rid of law enforcement. You get rid of the Second Amendment rights of people. You get uh, rid of their ability to defend themselves. You put people in place that allow criminals to be protected more than their victims. And that achieves total destruction of society. That's what they're doing. They're destroying our society. That is part of a thing called cultural Marxism. This is a Marxist revolution going on in America. It's cultural Marxism, like was done in the Cultural Revolution in Mao's China. If you want to read about that, you should read a, a book uh, by Xi Van Fleet, where she explains this. She's a refugee from uh, the Cultural Revolution, and she's here, and she says, I see everything Mao was doing there happening here. And this is part of it. We've got to stop it. And, and we also have to ensure... Not only that we have borders protected, but we've got to get back to a free enterprise economy. We have to lift all the regulatory constraints on oil and gas production. Look, natural gas is some of the cleanest uh, burning uh, fuel in the world. If you try to rely on windmills and solar panels, you actually pollute more than you ever would with natural gas. And the reason is not only that, you've got things that are uh, incapable of sustaining energy. They're in they're intermittent energy sources and they're unreliable energy sources. So if you want to destroy our economy, go ahead and replace fossil fuels with 
uh, solar panels and and with windmills. So there's a there's a lot going on here, but it requires specific action and it requires an effort not only to just put the legislation into the hopper, but to advocate for it with the American people and to go around the country and push for the legislation, push for it in districts with, that are have weak de Democrats that are uh, vulnerable, push for it there so that they'll vote with us and get super majorities in Congress to vote for these things. And then, of course, we need a president who will sign it. And it is not going to be Joe Biden. So, <laughs> You're I mean, right there. Do we want to have an exceptional country? Do we want to have the greatest country on earth? If you don't, get out of here. If you do, stay with it, with our country and fight for it. Because, look, there's no reason why we can't have the greatest nation on earth. We have all the elements necessary for greatness. If government got out of the way, we would have the most vibrant economy in the world. If we cut taxes dramatically, cut regulation, and open up the marketplace and protect people's rights and enable them by that to be able to have confidence to enter the market, we'd have a robust competitive marketplace. We would cream China. We'd have so much money, we'd be able to afford all the sophisticated advancements in the military that we need to protect ourselves. And we would be free and happy, and we wouldn't have this division that's destroying everything in our country because people would get back to the point of recognizing civility, that they don't have to be so angry and hateful towards their opponents, but they can reasonably talk to them and argue with them. Wouldn't that be nice if that ever happened? It'd be wonderful. Mr. Emore, we appreciate you coming on uh, for three times in a row. I know that you're making these big rounds. You're going to be going on lots of podcasts. I encourage you guys to actually follow uh, Mr. Emore. It's Grassroots. They just started an Instagram. It's, uh, what is it, J E? Is it J E Emore1776? I think that's right. Something like that. Um, I mean, if you type in Jonathan Emord, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-E-M-O-R-D, usually it'll come up and it'll come up as something as like J-Emord1776. It's a newer Instagram account. I think there's only 170 something followers on there. We'd love to help you out and get you some more followers. So please, if you're listening to this show, head over to the Instagram. Let's give uh, Mr. Emord some love. And if you're really feeling generous this holiday season, and I know that Anthony's got a Christmas party to get back to, and we appreciate you breaking free to hang out with us tonight, please head over to Jonathan Emord's campaign site and make a donation, $10, $20, $100 for this season. Listen, that, that money goes to freedom. What price would you pay for him? You know, they say a, a freedom costs, you know, a, a buck oh five. Well, in this case, it costs like 20 bucks. If you <laughs> So uh, let's get an early Christmas present to, to the Emord team. Head over to his website. What is the website really quick, uh, Mr. Emord? Emord4VA.com. E-M-M as in Mary, O-R-D-4VA.com. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, hit a twenty dollar, uh, put a twenty dollar on there. Tell them the uh, the Wolfpack sent you. It is the season. Listen, I promise you, that twenty dollars will go a lot further than whatever you put in the little pot for the person at, at the local grocery mart. Who knows where that money is going? Listen, this money's going to go to to potential freedom, um, if not this round, uh, the next round, or the next round after that. Also, this is a grassroots effort, so please go and follow his social media. Tell people about him. Call your friends in Virginia. Let's get Mr. Emord into politics. Listen, it's it's a lot for me to back a politician. I hate all of them. But the fact that he's not a politician and he's been fighting the government for a long time, he hasn't sold his soul yet. So I'm all in until then. Uh, it ain't going to happen. Ain't uh, gonna happen. 
No, you're, <laughs> you're, yeah. you're cool. You're cool, man. I, I'll, I'll definitely, uh, you have my support for sure. For, for sure. I'm, I'm down in Florida, but I'll definitely, I have a lot of f- followers out in your state. So I'll definitely be pushing your content. Thank you so much, Mr. Emord. Until then, guys, you guys uh, stay awake, stay alert, and stay alive. What, every day? <laughs>